0: Trinity Baptist Church, a community growing in faith, obedience, and joy.
1: Once, I considered myself blessed and settled in my New York City tribe of friends. I'm not saying that it was easy. It's always taken me some time to build up to those select few people in my life who I could call at a moment's notice. People who I could pray and cry with in the depths of pain and sadness and praise and laugh with, and blessings and dreams. Oh, man, I'm doing it again. <laughs> then life happened. Many of my dearest friends left New York City to build lives in other cities where God had called them. Although I still keep in touch with many of these amazing, amazing people, I found myself yearning for friendships of those who I could connect with in the flesh here in New York City. Then the Holy Spirit gave me a little nudge. Through the years, I timidly began to get involved in different ministries offered here at Trinity. Softball team, insanity workout, small groups, choir, praise team, vacation Bible school, children's ministry, and Wednesday women's morning Bible study. Whew. Through these various ministries, I began to meet other women and make more connections, all in various demographics other than my own. Young moms, singles, empty nesters, executives, everything. These experiences opened up a new level of friendships. Spiritual mothers who offered wise counsel and spiritual younger sisters with whom I could do the same. Through my tentative foray into the Trinity community, God has given me friends who love my son like their own, and help encourage his interest in music, baseball, and superheroes. They've beraged me with prayers, food, texts, and calls of encouragement through family emergencies and offer the connection and consistency that I was looking for. Maybe you're longing for that kind of connection too. Maybe the Holy Spirit is giving you a nudge this morning to step outside of your box Ladies, if that's you, join me on Friday and you can see some of these amazing, amazing women that I spoke of. My name is Megan Mills and I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Our reading today is from the book of Hebrews. Remember those earlier days after you had received the light. When you endured great conflict full of suffering, sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution, and at other times you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. Now, faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. This is, the ancient, this is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. The word of the Lord.
0: Thanks, Megan. So this morning uh, we're going to do again what we've been doing for the last, uh, four weeks. We're going to get into small conversation groups. And some of you just, um, some of you love that. And some of y'all not that again. Um, yes, that again. And I'd like for you to get in groups of, of more than two, less than five. Okay. So that means three or four. Do the math. Um, Get into groups of three or four, and here's the question I want you to uh, answer to each other. Other than the election, okay, the election is off the table. Other than the election, what are you worried about or fearful of in your life right now? All right? Is there something that you're worried about or fearful of in your life right now? Okay, turn, introduce yourself to each other. I'll give you a couple of minutes to talk about that. So we're going we're gonna to come back to that later um, so you can continue that conversation. I titled the message today, What's in it for me? Because I would say most of the time, When someone asks you to do something, or someone uh, puts an opportunity in front of you, there's—you might not say it out loud, but there's there's generally a thought in the back of my mind: "What's in it for me?" Right? Am I the only one? No. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So we're always kind of in that, you know, self centered place. You know, There's, there's got to be something in this for me. We are in the, uh, this is the fifth week of our uh, series called Mission Possible, where we're looking at the mission of our church that the core of which, well, the mission of our church is Trinity is an international multi-generational community dedicated to making disciples of Jesus Christ who are growing In faith, obedience, and joy as we go out to advance God's kingdom. So the the core of the mission is making disciples. Which is a good thing because that's what Jesus called his church to do, right? But from that core, there are five spokes, if you will, that radiate out from it. Community, faith, obedience, joy, and going out. And we think that those, those five spokes, they radiate from it and they contribute to the core of the mission. Last week, um, James talked about community, and then we're going to revisit community in a few weeks. This morning, I want to talk about faith. Because faith is, is well, it's essential to our, our walk with God, our relationship with God. So I want to first begin by defining faith and giving us, helping us come to a working definition of faith. And then I want us to ask the question or, or hopefully find the answer to, what's in it for me? I mean, if I live by faith in Jesus Christ, what's in it for me? What's the payoff? So let's create a working definition. If you Google for a definition of faith you will find faith defined as complete trust or confidence in someone or something complete trust or confidence in someone or something i think that's a good place to start but we need to expand that a little bit if we're going to really understand biblical faith so to do that i want to i want to talk about A couple of the verses that Megan read for us from Hebrews chapter 11. In Hebrews, the whole letter, the purpose of the letter was to give people a foundation for their faith. That's why the book of Hebrews is there. And so he begins chapter 11 with this. He says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for, And assurance about what we do not see. Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance of what we do not see. The first thing we need to to recognize here is that faith begins with hope. Or you could say, say it another way. You could say faith begins with a sense of discontentment. Right? You hope for something when you're not satisfied with where things are. If I'm satisfied with my life, then I'm not going to be hoping for anything more. Friends, if you do not feel dissatisfied with where you are, then you will not exercise any faith. That's why throughout the Bible, the great enemy of faith is complacency. the the attitude of self-satisfaction with the status quo if if you are dissatisfied if if you're looking for something better if you want to step into that life that's bigger than you that we've talked about uh, then then you're going to have to exercise faith if you're if you're satisfied with you know just eating and sleeping and going to work and the same old, same old. If you're just satisfied with humdrum relationships and just living this comfortable thing, then you're not going to exercise faith. But if you're dissatisfied, if you're hoping for something more, that's when you step into faith. Here's the second thing we need to see in this verse. Faith is the assurance of what we do not see. Faith is not simply um, hoping for something better. But it's, it's an awareness that there is more to this life than the physical. There's something beyond the circumstances. There's more than what I can see. There's something out there that can't be weighed, it can't be measured, it can't be analyzed or touched. But it is as real and as vital as what we can see. In fact, what cannot be seen is what is behind the things that can be seen. And that's what the the author points to in verse 3. It says by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is not so what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Creation itself speaks to the to a reality that's beyond creation, right? I mean, you look at what's here and you go, there's got to be something behind that. This didn't just happen. And what's behind that is the unseen force of God. It's the spiritual reality that God commanded creation into existence. So first, there is this hope for more, this hope for better. Second, there's an awareness that that there's something beyond the physical. And then third, there is a confidence in what we hope for. Um, You see, faith is the assurance of things that we don't see. That better man that I want to be, that better woman that you want to be, that that bigger life that I want to step into. Faith is the assurance that that can happen, and it can happen only when I step into our reliance on the God that's behind it all. So are you tracking with me? I'm seeing some glazing happening. (laughs) So let's go back to the definition that we started with. Faith is complete trust in someone or something. According to the scriptures, faith is complete trust in the unseen one who is behind all things. All right? That's what faith is. That it goes beyond the circumstance and sees the and steps into the reality that's behind the circumstance. So that brings us to the question then, what's in it for me? I mean, why, why live by faith in Jesus? What's in it for me? What's the payoff? I want us to look at a passage in, in Matthew chapter 20, 10 that I think helps us answer this question. In Matthew chapter 10, here's the context. Jesus calls his his 12 closest disciples together. You know, Matthew, Mark, Luke. Ma- Matthew, Mark, Luke wasn't there. Um, Peter, John, James, those guys. Um, he calls them together. And he gives them a charge. He says, here's what I want you guys to do. I want you to... Go and tell all of your Jewish, uh, I want you to go speak to Israel. And I want you to tell them that the kingdom of God is near. And he says, while you're doing that, I want you to uh, heal the sick, cast out demons, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, you know, that kind of stuff. Oh, and, and while you're doing that, there are some people who are going to be positively responsive to you. Some, yeah, they're not going to like you too much. Now, I can imagine the disciples sitting there going, whoa, Jesus, <laughs> this is huge. I mean, have you forgotten we're tax collectors, we're fishermen, we're just ordinary guys, and you're asking us to do this huge thing. You're asking us to step into a life that's bigger than ourselves. Yeah. When we started this series, we talked about the fact that faith faith calls us to live a life that's bigger than ourselves. And that if if we are living a life that's comfortable, that's secure, that's not stretching us, that's just status quo, if it's a life that you can manage, then it's not the life that God has called you to. Because God did not create you to live a life that you can live without him. He created you for something more, for something bigger, for something better. And that's why you got to have faith. Because without faith, you can't go there. And if you don't want to go there, you're not going to exercise faith. So he gives these guys this this big deal because he wants to stretch them, but he doesn't end right there. He says in, in verse 16, he says, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Ever hear that saying? This is where it came from. Okay. Somebody says, be as shrewd as, just say, you're quoting scripture. Um, And then Jesus goes on to tell his disciples what is going to happen to them. And when you read the book of Acts, you will find that everything that Jesus lays out here did in fact happen to these disciples. He says in verses 17 through 20, Be on your guard. You will be handed over to the local councils and be flogged in the synagogues. On my account, because of me, you will be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. He said previously, He said, I want you to go to the Jews, but now He's saying, No, you're going to end up going to everybody. But when they arrest you, <laughs> not if, but when they arrest you, um, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time you will be given what to say for it will for it will not be you speaking, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. So Jesus, let me just get this straight. First, you say we're going to get to do all this cool stuff. We're going to get to heal the sick and cast out demons and raise the dead. That's pretty cool. And that stretches Jesus says yeah. But then you say we're going to get flogged. We're going to get hauled in before the the you know governors and officials and stuff. They're going to arrest us. And we're not going to have to worry what what to say to them because our heavenly father is going to tell us what to say. Did I get that right? Yeah, you got that right. So let me ask you this, Jesus, Why would, you know, if God is so involved that he can tell me what to say when I need to say it, why couldn't he be so involved to keep me out of jail in the first place? (laughs) Keep me from getting flogged. Jesus says, I'll come back to that. Verse 21. Brother will betray brother to death. And a father, his child. Children re- will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. You will be hated by everyone because of me. Now, who wants to sign up? Right? This is quite the sales pitch. Flog, arrest, hated by everybody. Sure, I'm in. Jesus goes on, and you can read it for yourself. He tells them all these bad things that are going to happen to them, but then he comes to the payoff. Here's what's in it for you. Verse 28, do not be afraid. But you said we were going to be flogged, yeah. But don't be afraid. You said we were going to be arrested, yeah. Yeah. But don't be afraid. You said that everybody was going to hate us. Yeah. But don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside of your father's care. And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. What is Jesus saying? Jesus is saying what Paul said in Romans chapter 8 where he said, If God is for us, who can be against us? What will separate us? Who can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus? Shall trouble or hardship or famine or nakedness or danger or sword or flogging or arrest or unpopularity? No. In all these things, Paul says, we are more than conquerors. Friends, Jesus is saying no matter what life throws at you, flogging or arrest or hardship or danger or divorce or illness or homelessness, no matter what life throws at you, you don't need to be afraid because you are worth so much more than many sparrows to your heavenly Father. See, Jesus introduces these guys and, he, and, and us to this idea that when you live by faith, when you live by complete confidence and trust in the, the God who is unseen and is behind everything that is seen, when you live by faith in him, you don't have to be afraid of anything. You don't have to worry about anything. You can live life with a confidence that goes beyond circumstance. It goes beyond what is seen because God is beyond what is seen. You can live a life that is bigger than yourself. And if that's kind of hard to wrap your heart and your mind around, well, hopefully this makes you feel better. It was hard for these guys too. They didn't get it at first. It was a process for them. As they walked with Jesus and they followed Jesus and they saw Jesus at work and they, and they saw him go to the cross and they saw him put in the tomb and then they saw him risen from the grave. They got to the place where they said, well, <laughs> if he can conquer death, he can conquer anything. So what do I have to be afraid of? And that's the relationship he calls us into. And when you read the book of Acts, you see these ordinary guys doing extraordinary things with no fear. Why? Because they stepped into the life that was bigger than themselves because they put their faith in Jesus. Now this text in Matthew 10 is just one example of Jesus saying this, but this theme is all over the Gospels, this idea of don't be afraid. You see it in in, Mm -hmm. uh, the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 6 where Jesus says, don't be afraid. He said, don't worry about what you're going to eat or drink or wear. It's not that those things are unimportant it's just that if you will seek first the kingdom of God, all those other things will, will take care of themselves. In, in Mark chapter 4, you see it again. You, you're probably familiar with the scene. Jesus is out on the boat with, with the guys and this huge storm rolls in. And, and they're, they're panicking because it's a huge storm and they're afraid that they're going to drown. And remember what Jesus was doing? Taking a nap. And so they're fretting, and so they go back, and they wake Jesus up. And, Jesus, Jesus, don't you care that we're going to die? And Jesus kind of wakes up, and he calms the storm. And then he turns to the guys and says, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? But, Jesus, didn't you see the storm? Yeah, I saw the storm. It was a big storm. And only four of you know how to swim. I get that. But have you forgotten that you are worth more than many sparrows? So don't be afraid. This theme is all over the Gospels. In fact, it's all over the New Testament. The whole book of Hebrews, one could argue, was written to communicate this message the first ten chapters are all about the confidence that we can have in Jesus because of who he is and what he did. And then you come to the text that Megan read in chapter ten where the, where the author says, Remember those earlier days after you had received the light, after you've, you'd come to the place where you were living by faith in Jesus? Remember those days when you endured in a great conflict full of suffering? Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times you stood side by side with those who were so treated. He says all that stuff that Jesus said was going to happen, it happened. And remember, you were walking through it. Verse 34, you suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property. I love that. Yeah, you can have my house. Joyfully. Circumstances are bad, but they're still having joy. Why? Because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. In other words, you knew there was something more important than the body. There's something that went beyond the circumstance, something that went beyond what was seen, and that is the God who is unseen, who is over all that is seen. You had faith in God that was bigger than all that you were going through. And he says in verse 35, so do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. The, the author is talking about people who live by faith. People who have complete trust and confidence in God. And because they did, they lived lives that were bigger than themselves. They risked their property and life in order to bring the love of God to others. They didn't look for the comforts and ease and security uh, uh, of what they could gain for themselves. They weren't bound by the materialistic trappings of culture. These people lived without fear because they knew that there is only one life to live and only what's done for others with eternal, that has eternal value will last. These were people who didn't fear. Friends, this is what faith in Jesus produces. It takes us to a place where our faith in God is so big and so strong, where we are so secure in the Father's love, that even in the midst of circumstances where it looks like God has forgotten us, we will hear Jesus say, do not be afraid. The message of Jesus was not, don't be afraid, I won't let bad things happen. The message of Jesus was, don't be afraid when bad things happen. That's faith. That's confidence in God. A confidence that is so secure of God's presence. That's so sure of God's love. A faith that is so big that it overwhelms our fear. Where God wants to take you and where God wants to take me is to that place where I wake up every morning and I say, what would someone like me, who is me, do if I could walk through this day with absolute confidence that Jesus was with me? What would someone who is me do if when I go in to meet with my boss... afternoon I could go in there knowing that Jesus was with me what would someone who is me do if as I'm sitting across the table from a divorce attorney what would I do if I had complete trust and confidence that the God who is above what is seen was going in that room with me and I could trust him What would someone who is me do if I knew the one who has control of my soul, who has the power to, of my destiny, whereas all these other folks only have power over the body? What would someone who is me do if I could walk with absolute assurance that he was with me in that moment? So that's what I want you to get back into your small conversation groups to talk about. You shared earlier, here's what I'm worried about. Here's what I'm fearful of. Now I want you to get back and say, okay... If I knew Jesus was walking with me in this, here's how it might look different. Here's how I might handle it differently. So turn and you got like four minutes to do this. Let me uh, try to tie a bow on this. Did the circumstance change? Circumstance didn't change did how you approach the circumstance change yeah why because we have complete confidence and trust that the god we serve the god we follow is beyond the circumstance you see when we when we're fearful and when we're worried it's because we're focusing on the, on the circumstance and not on the, the God who is above the circumstance. And, and when, when you find yourself in a place of worry or, or fear, that's not a bad place to be because it puts you in a place where you hope that it's different, right? Well, let that hope drive you to Jesus. Because that's where you will then find the confidence to walk into that circumstance in a way that you can say, Well, look, this thing can kill the body, but I know who holds my soul. And I'm good with that. When you follow Jesus... When you really follow Jesus, you find yourself in a place not of denial, but of confidence. Because even when you're in the midst of circumstances that should be terrifying, flogging, or arrest, or hardship, or danger, or whatever you were sharing today, You can walk into that with confidence because you know that God has called you to a a life that's bigger than you. And when you walk by faith in him, he enables you to live that life. You will not be afraid. That's the payoff. That's what's in it for me. Let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, thank you that that you're honest with us. You, You told us that in this world you will have trouble. But you didn't leave it there. You said, take heart because I've overcome the world. And Lord, even as those first disciples, even though it took them a while to get their hearts and minds around this truth, when they saw the empty tomb and they saw that, that you had risen from the dead, it changed everything. Lord, I pray that it would change everything for us. I pray that we would recognize that you were indeed crucified for us, but you rose so that we could walk through life with confidence, with faith. Because you are above, you are beyond what is seen. Lord, I pray that, that, would, that, that you would enable us to grow in our faith, grow in our confidence that you are who you say you are and that what you say is true. In Jesus' name, amen.